0: Oh my goodness, I'm back and this has been the longest time I've been away from podcasting and I've missed it and I've missed all of you. I have an amazing two-part episode in store for you with an awesome guest, Althea Branton. So guess what kids, we're going to be intellectually twerking with Althea Branton. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. (laughs) Are you ready? Welcome, my sugar babies oh my goodness this has been the longest time nearly two months i've been away from this microphone and i've seriously seriously missed it i hope you're all well and safe and that you had a lovely summer and now you're ready for all the magnificence and glory of autumn or fall As I mentioned in the beginning, I had an incredibly refreshing conversation with Althea Branton, and I'm super excited for this two-parter. Althea Branton is a skincare designer. Her eponymous skincare line is for queer and trans people of the global majority who are tired of staring the beauty industry in the face and not seeing a reflection that looks like their own. We talk about Eurocentric beauty standards, about double standards, about societal expectations and pressure. We get real, we get raw, we talk about it all in this two-part episode. Althea, thank you so much for your honesty, for being candid, and for sharing your story. Follow Althea on Instagram at althea.branton and also um, her website, it's going to be up very soon. It's www.altheabranton.com. I will be adding her Instagram handle and website handle to Facebook, Instagram, so that you can all go and follow her. Without further ado, we're going to be intellectually twerking with Althea Branton. Althea, thank you so much (laughs) for the title of the episode. Like I told you, I'm going to make it into a t-shirt. Hashtag intellectually twerking underneath Althea Branton. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, friends, to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. I'm Carissa, and I'm here with a very, very special guest. Super excited to have her on. I'm here with Althea Branson. Althea, welcome.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Carissa, thank you. I'm so – people say, like, I'm happy to be here, but, like, I am genuinely, legit happy to be here.
0: I'm super excited for you to be here. I'm just like, yay! Like, <laughs> this is gonna be so much fun. I should have one of those, like, I don't know what they're called, those boards where you push and there's like a round of applause. I <laughs> should just be clapping, like, oh, I'll just be clapping myself. I don't have one of those whatever boards. We're not that, we're not that sophisticated around here. So, you know. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy. Thank you so much for being here. Anthea? Can you tell us about yourself? Sure. I have world, planet Earth.
1: I am Althea Branton. My pronouns are she, her. I am a skincare yes. designer. And I live in the ancestral lands that are colonially known as Canada.
0: Canada, yes, yes. Oh my goodness. That's one of the things I actually wanted to mention. And I wanted to ask you, but then I saw it on your email, your pronouns, she, her. And I was like, we have to start normalizing, asking people their pronouns. I think it's something that needs to be done. I do identify, I am a
1: cisgender female. So I was assigned female at birth. I continue to identify as female. So even though I am cisgender female, I have consciously and intentionally started doing this in any space that I am in. I will introduce myself, give my name, and use my pronouns. And you're right. It is something that does need to be normalized. So despite the fact that, you know, I am cisgender female, to me, it doesn't matter. It's it's still about understanding that the gender spectrum is just that. It's a spectrum. Not everybody fits into that spectrum. And as I'm a woman of the global majority, I don't look like the norm. I'm using air quotes. So it's even more important for me to take up space in this manner and say, like, yes, this is who I am, and these are my pronouns.
0: Yes, yes, bravo, bravo. I use uh, she/her pronouns as well. I was assigned female at birth, and I am a cisgendered female, although I am me a bisexual. too. But Sending I think transatlantic high yeah. five. Boom. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just like, let's just put it out there. And one of the things, I mean, it's also, (laughs) I mean, I came out pretty late, late. There's never a too late, obviously for coming out. But in the sense of I came out in last year, basically to friends, not to everyone, but you know, but one of the things that I hear is you don't look gay. And I'm like, What does that mean? (laughs) What are you... I don't look gay. Okay, so you want me to wrap myself around a pride flag? I don't know. Do you want me to just put it on my head like bisexual? I don't understand what that means.
1: In this community, there's so much erasure. There's so much division. There's so much exclusion, which I cannot understand for the life of me. So... Going through that process, if you're coming out late in life, you're going from something that's you've been, you know, in this heteronormative space for so long, and then you go to something that's not, and then you're met with all of that, which is even more confusing and even more disheartening because you're finally figuring out like, okay, this is who I am, but oh, I'm in this whole new space that doesn't really accept me. So I'm not accepted in the space I came from. And I'm not accepted in the space I'm going into. So where in the good gravy are you going to be accepted? Do you know what I'm saying? Like that is.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why it's like background is that like I haven't come out to like all my family. But in all reality, it's like it's the thing of I think I choose to come out to who I want to. Probably people that are listening to this now are going to be like, "Well, well, you just announced it to the world. Well, I mean, but in the sense of. It's You just announced it. But like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I cannot deal with the emotional. It's exhausting to explain to people because then it's just like they kind of look at you and then they start with these questions where you're like, do I ask you these like questions? However you identify, do I ask those like intrusive questions? Do you know what I mean? I'm no, because
1: like, in, in heterosexual spaces, you don't have to ask. I think it's time that we start normalizing, not even having to explain or prove or yeah. Why can't I just be right? Does it matter to you what I do and who I do it with? Does that really matter? Because in heteronormative spaces, it doesn't. It's accepted. It's fine. It's, it's a given. So why is it not for me?
0: You know, this is why I've kind of become, like, quite the hermit, because I'm just so sick and tired of human beings. Sometimes I'm like, I'm over, I'm over the human. I'm just over it. I'm over it. I'm just going to stay at home and just not deal with it. Because sometimes what I come across outside of the house, I'm just like, yep, nope, going into hibernation mode for the next two months. Because seriously, people, I can't.
1: I've been doing that since this pandemic has been happening. I mean... Aside from, like, taking my child to school, I don't, or going for a walk, and even that is like, oh, there's humans? You may have plague. Please just stay away from me. Don't look at me. Don't breathe on me. I don't feel like dying today, so just stay over there. Keep your germs (laughs) to yourself. You know, I'm not going to be here, like, catching no disease from anybody.
0: But the thing, what I find strange is when I was in school, when I was even in like preschool and then, you know, in kindergarten and stuff, I remember that we used to have this personal space arms length away, right? They would tell us like, you know, that it's like, this is your space, arms length, you know, and I find that during the pandemic, people are, I don't know if they're doing it intentionally because before they weren't invading space as much as they are now. I'm like, why are you so close? to me like why are you so close
1: everything gets delivered groceries if I can't buy it online if I have to like get in my car and go somewhere and buy something I feel like I need to have one of those decontamination showers when I come home I I totally feel like when I go out into the world I need this hazmat suit and then I come home to my decontamination shower and just like literally wash the world off my body because I don't know about you, but yeah. I don't feel like dying and catching nothing, so you know.
0: Oh god. <laughs> I don't I don't feel I mean that's that I feel I feel you because honestly I feel the same. And this is why I only go out for essentials. And when I see people like taking pictures like they're on vacation and I'm like my vacation is like from my room to the kitchen to the veranda back into my room again. There is no yep. vacation for the past two years. No. I'm just like I'm not God, no. I'm not no. going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You know. Oh man, I'm telling you, well. People, this is what we've gotta deal with, right? But oh man. Althea, I wanted to ask you how did you start your skincare line and why? My skincare line
1: it's been evolving over maybe the last year and a half. It started out as an idea to create something that goes against what's in the skincare and beauty industry right now. In the beauty industry, everything is based on an issue, right? Like you have X problem, you have oily skin, or you have dry skin or anti-aging, which for the love of everything green and holy is Oh, ageist. So ageist. It is. Absolutely. And plus, I could never find anything that actually worked on my skin. Like, really, really worked. So first, initially, I wanted to create something, A, that just worked. But then as I started thinking about, like, who is this for? And I started looking into the beauty industry. I realized, hold on a minute. These products that are out there in the market right now, they're not for me. They're not for my skin. And I never saw a reflection of myself in these brands. And I'm not talking these, you know, stock photos of black people that, you know, go up every February or the increased amount of stock photos that have gone up since George Floyd and the brands that are
0: like, we're inclusive. Jumping on this, yes. jumping on that bandwagon, you know what I mean? It's like, where were you, when were you inclusive about 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago?
1: So then I started to think to myself, so something's not right here. And then it became clear. Eurocentric beauty standards rule the roost. They rule the beauty industry. And as a black person, I'm supposed to conform. These products weren't designed with me in mind. They were designed for the Eurocentra Beauty Sarissa. Like, that's kind of sad. Like, how do you go through life with no ass? I mean, that's just a travesty. Um, <laughs> these, these products were made for it. a thin, white <laughs> female, no more than 25, weighs about 120 pounds, has no boobs, no curves to speak of, probably only eats kale and drinks smoothies, able-bodied, neurotypical, that's who this industry is based around. And this is a global phenomenon. This is not, we're not just talking, you know, in the Western side of things. This is a global phenomenon. Cultures are bleaching their skin. Like, what the actual fuck are you bleaching your skin for? Seriously. So then I thought to myself, it is a billion
0: dollar industry, right? Yeah, yeah. A multi billion dollar industry right there.
1: Okay. You know what? Let's just take a couple steps back here. So A, I'm never going to be thin white cis, blah, 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 blah. That's never going to happen. I have a fairly large backside and I kind of like it. I know that people pay money to have a backside like mine and I'm glad I have one for free.
0: <laughs> one of the most dangerous, see, the thing is that it's like the most dangerous elastic surgery that exists is actually the Brazilian, well, whether it be a Brazilian butt lift but it is the most dangerous, you know, plastic surgery. And it's just like, God gave it to you. Mm-hmm. God gave it Thank to you. Thank you. There you go. Thank
1: you. you. Know? Yeah. Thank you. Because it's kind of hype. So <laughs> I wanted to create something that honored people. And I use this phrase intentionally, people of the global majority. It is important for me that I do not center my own identity against whiteness. Because that is the norm. Did you know that brands still are using normal hair as a hair type? Normal hair being Caucasian hair. So do you know what I'm saying? Like this is, it's very important for me that my brand uses these phrases and that I start in my own life using this phrase, I am a person of the global majority. So I wanted to create skincare that A, met the needs of the people of the global majority. B, actually has images, slumps, and do you know what I mean? Like people that you see, like people that look like me. I'm not lifted. I'm not, I don't have staples in my face. I don't, I mean, I don't drink green smoothies and go on yoga retreats and crazy things like that. I wanted something that reflected actual everyday people. I wanted something that showcased queer people as the norm, not as I'm going to hire someone to be inclusive. Because if you have to hire someone's behind to be inclusive, it means your behind wasn't inclusive in the first damn place, right? Like if you have to go and spend money for workshops to teach people to be inclusive, you are never inclusive in the first place. My brand is inclusive by default because that's who we are as a population. Another facet of my brand is the whole notion that Skin types, you don't have a skin type. And I'm not talking about this movement, this growing movement, which I'm sorry, is thoroughly disgusting. This movement of people that don't use soap. This movement of people in a global pandemic where people are dying. Have chosen not to wash themselves. I'm not talking about that. That, like I said.
0: (laughs) I can't. Sorry. I can't, like for me, my, skin, my scrolls, the fact that last year, like I remember last year when people were, they started these ads saying, wash your hands regularly. I'm like, why are we telling people in the 21st century to wash their hands regularly? Like, isn't it something you were doing Before all of this, like, what do you mean wash your hands? I wash my hands a hundred times. Like, anything I touch, I wash my hands. Like, I have this thing where I'm like, oh, no, my hands, you know, like, I have to... The contradictions
1: in the beauty industry make absolutely no sense. So, for, like, to save your life, literally to save your life, you need to wash your hands. But soap is oppressive, it is uncool, and you shouldn't wash your body because... I don't even have. I'm going to launch into a tirade about that. I I think that is just. I see the theory behind it, but now of all times is a time where hygiene. I'm not talking beauty.
0: I'm talking hygiene. Basic, just basic hygiene at this point. Basic,
1: basic hygiene. hygiene, and I recognize that there are parts, there are people in parts of this world who don't have access to that basic hygiene. But over here on this side of the planet, we are so bloody privileged to be like. Olly, wash my pits and bits. Gross, gross. No, my brand emphasizes hygiene for the record. A facet that I wanted to really highlight is the notion that our skin, our skin is functioning. It gets oily sometimes. It gets dry sometimes. It gets, some days we have good skin days, but our skin is continually going through different phases. And the way that our skin, and I'm not just talking face, I'm talking like body too, because it's very, very common in the beauty industry to ignore the face or to, sorry, to ignore the body and only focus on the face. I'm talking like skin as an organ. Skin is functioning all the time. So my brand is about breaking down types. There's no one type. Your skin isn't perpetually oily. Your skin isn't perpetually dry. I live in a country where it snows too damn much, okay? It snows Too damn much. And because of that, you're inside there, you're in the heat and like a forced air. And it can, my skin can get very dry in the winter time. But in the summer, it is oily as all hell. It is ridiculous. So your skin goes through different phases. So my brand is about breaking down those types because those types were created just to sell products. My skin doesn't have problems, right? I don't have problem skin. I am not a problem, I'm a fully functioning, sentient human being. So my brand is all about that. Exactly. It's all about products that address hygiene, because Jesus, hygiene, people, <laughs> hygiene, it addresses hygiene. I can't
0: emphasize it enough, you know, just yeah. hygiene.
1: Stuff. Just hygiene. I'm not talking 12 steps. I'm not talking jade rollers. I'm not talking like inserting and primping and plucking. I'm talking skin hygiene. Because if you're going to do it, let it be an amazing experience. Let it be calming. Let it soothe your soul because there's so much going on right now in this world. And we're, I'm not even talking about the, what's going on with our own selves, our own evolution, our own growth. And so when you couple all of that, I mean, if you can take five minutes and cleanse your face and moisturize your face with something really soothing then I'm here for it. If you can, that makes you feel good. It makes you feel sensual. It, it accentuates all that you are. Then I'm here for it. That's what my brand mm-hmm. is about. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. And when is it coming out your line?
1: Now, here's the fun part to have a launch date in developing this brand. I had one last fall and I was working myself into a state like I was Constantly anxious and stressed, like my launch date's coming, my launch date's coming. So I had to take a step back and say, like, why is this? Why am I losing my mind here? This is comes from a very capitalist place. Capitalism is something that it's not just economic. Capitalism affects us in every facet of our lives. It affects how we deal, how we interact with other human beings. It interacts the choices we make. It interact. It deals with how we even deal about ourselves. I mean. As a mom, I feel guilt all the time, all the time. So if I take a day where I'm literally lying in bed, like watching Netflix, the guilt because I think, oh my gosh, I'm not productive. But that comes from a capitalist place.
0: Well, that's hustle culture right there. Promotes hu- It's a hustle culture. That it is. Yeah.
1: It, it's a totally a hustle culture. And I'm not, these people that are for the hustle culture, you're not raising humans. Right? You don't have to... You don't have any domestic responsibilities, like...
0: You have people... You're employing people to raise your humans. That's what you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Which is, you know, I I wrestle every day with, okay, I got to make lunch. I got to do laundry. I got to keep my house clean, which is something people don't do. I see you all. I see you. I'm pointing at you. (laughs) So I have decided... I will launch when I'm ready. It's looking now to be 2022. Sometime in 2022.
0: Just let me know because I'll be the first one to like purchase. Oh, nice. No, I will.
1: I will. You know what? There are, I love Sade, by the way. I'm a huge fan. And a few years ago, Sade released a single for A Wrinkle in Time. And somebody found out that they were working on an album. So they interviewed the band and said, Mm -hmm. when's your album coming out? And they said, we're not done. And we'll, it'll come out when it's ready? So in true Sade
0: fashion, yeah. When it's ready. I love that. When it's ready. Yeah. When, when it's, it's ready. That's that's awesome. Well, let me know when it's ready because seriously, I am here. I am just like I want to promote. Like I want to promote Thank this. You, you know, I'm <laughs> just like I'm going to be smudging <laughs> <of> my body. <laughs>
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What is wrong with you?" No, 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 no. You don't have your. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what love feels like, you know? <laughs>
1: right? When's the last time a, a brand made you feel loved? And not just loved by someone else, but love for your own self. That, that a brand helped you do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am here to make money. I have mouths to feed. Literally. I'm going to do this in a way that's not Capitalist. I'm not gonna run myself into the ground. I'm not gonna run the earth's resources into the ground. I like to think I'm infinite, but
0: the truth is, I'm not. That's one of the, I think, the hardest things for us as human beings to like come to terms with that we're not, at least our body, our physical selves, you know, is not, you know, infinite. And I think it's one of those things that's very difficult for people to grasp. To answer like your question, when was the last time like I felt a brand? Like wrap me in love, never to tell you the truth, because I feel like the only thing that they're doing is you know creating these insecurities within me to profit. I do of course, like hygiene for me, like we said, hygiene for me is extremely important, you know, so yes, I am going to fork out money, you know, so that I you know have just hygiene, like I take care of myself and whatnot, but in the sense of. I don't feel the love when I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, so I I just don't feel it. I feel like it's just, it's, you even see it on the bottles. It's just like we talked about, you know, the different kind of skin types, skin types that there are, you know, normal skin, oily skin, this skin, whatever. And I'm just using it for the sake of music because I have to, but I don't feel the love while I'm doing it. I'm just like, I just go about it and I'm pretty much like a zombie when I do it. It sounds weird. Like, but you know what I mean? I just don't feel I just <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I just I just don't feel the love. It's just a routine, it's just something I do and I don't, you know, okay, I came out clean. Okay, here we go, finished. Let me lie on my bed and watch Netflix. you know what I mean? Like I don't feel I don't feel that lasting effect of oh my goodness, this was I just wanna be there and be like this was the best experience of my life. And it will make me want to do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Do you know
1: what I mean? Oh, I do. Because I have spent the better part of more than a year now developing products for exactly what you just said. Developing products that evoke that feeling that someone out there gives a shit about how you feel. Yes. Who you are and the intersection of who you are and all that you are. And it's it's not just about, yeah, there's some stuff in a bottle I'm going to sell to you and you're going to give me some money for it. Great. But it's more than that. It's my products are a movement. I don't even want to say revolution. You know, I have this saying, my existence is resistance. As a black bisexual woman, right? I'm just a walking protest against You know, against white (laughs) supremacy, against heteronormativity, against you name it, just by me breathing, walking down the street, I am resistance. So I keep all of that in mind when I'm designing and creating products. It's like, I'm designing this for someone who feels like they're in the shadows, true selves, feels like going out to a major retailer and trying to buy a beauty product when they don't fit into Eurocentric beauty standards. Exactly. And having people like the staff in there, and this has happened to me, like, what's your skin t- I don't know what skin tone I should use. Like, oh, okay. It's why I've stopped wearing makeup. I just, it's too exhausting. It's important to recognize that as we are people of the global majority, we deserve to take up space and not only just take up space, but we deserve and are worthy to be and to figure out what beauty means to us, not by what we are told what beauty actually is. And we get told, you know, as a black person, my hair is supposed to be bone straight. I'm supposed to, I happen to be light skinned. So Has that given me advantages in life? I suppose so. I don't know. But, you know, colorism is a thing. It's a thing. So,
0: colorism is a thing.
1: Yeah. My brand is all about okay, you know what? Let's remember who we are. Let us remember who we are. Let's remember our ancestors who had so much knowledge right? So much knowledge, so much wisdom. It's about remembering who you are and showing up despite the supremacy, despite colonialism, despite systemic racism. It's showing up anyway.
0: Yes, exactly. I love, see, when I'll be using your products, I'll be thinking of this because I was actually thinking of this a couple of days ago and I was just like, it's incredible how Just a few managed, just a few, you know, managed to oppress, erase, deny our existence for so long. And and it's continuous and, and it's to the point of where when we do speak, when we are loud and when we are proud and when we do show up, people are in such shock. Because they're like, whoa, 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 what, what's 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 happening here? And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. For too long, we've been oppressed. And it's like, enough is enough. And it's just from a few that they managed to do this to us globally. And it's like, what the hell? What, how? Every aspect. Okay, because so, I'm a
1: mom, because I'm a mom, I watch a lot of kids' movies. So... Not too long ago, my son and I, we were watching A Bug's Life. And there's a scene in A Bug's Life, if you've ever seen it. There's a scene in A Bug's Life where these grasshoppers, and I'm trying not to spoil this, so don't hate. (laughs) So there's a scene in, in A Bug's Life where these grasshoppers have been terrorizing this ant colony for years. So these ants, and there's thousands of them, these ants have to gather food for like 20 grasshoppers. And if they don't, the grasshoppers just terrorize them. So there's a scene in this movie where they're like, oh, the ants, they're no big deal. Why are you worried about one ant? So then the leader of the grasshopper says, because they outnumber us 101. And if one ant gets an idea, then all the ants are going to get an idea. And then our way of life is shot. Yeah. And I was like, whew. Deep.
0: Wow. That's deep. That's
1: deep. That is so funny. deep for a Disney movie. <laughs> that is deep. Wow. Right? And so I so my son said, but mummy, there's all they outnumber 101? to 1. And I said, just watch what happens. And what happens? Try not to spoil it, I really am. The ants start to say, you know what? Yeah. Why are you bullying us? Why are you keeping us down? So it's like, why are these few? Like, four people,
0: right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: As the global majority. We are people of the global majority. These four people have said, you are only worth something if you make shit tons of money. You are only worth something if you look a certain way, but heaven help you if you're sexual or sensual in any way, because we'll
0: shame you. Yes, yes.
1: And (laughs) the planet is ours to exploit and sell and... You know what I mean? All from these like small group of people. So I'm saying no, because white supremacy can't exist if we as people of the gold majority feel we're less than. It cannot exist. So if you're the most radical thing we can do is know ourselves, know who we are, know what we're capable of, and not yield to these messages that are deeply inherent in white supremacy deep into colonialism that somehow because we are not of european descent we are less than because we are those ants right yep, exactly. we are those ants yep, it, it exactly. can it can't survive yep. so i'm very very intentionally and purposefully creating this brand that bears my name let's be real my name does sound a bit like a designer handbag This brand that bears my name is going to stand for that. It's going to remind people of the global majority who we are and not say like, oh, because I'm flat chested and have no backside that I'm somehow more beautiful, right? Because if I don't look this way, then I'm not. No, no. It is up to us as individuals to define our own beauty standard. What's beautiful for you, Carissa, is not beautiful. It may not be beautiful for me, but it is beautiful to you. And that's what matters. It's beautiful to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, so I can't wait. Like, seriously, it's like not to prefer anything. I just can't wait to try your products when they come out. I'm just going to be like, I don't even know. Like, hopefully nobody's going to see me. Maybe somebody's going to see me rip my clothes off. (laughs) Right. What the hell just happened? I'd be so excited, you know. It's just like I'll be like a little kid who's ready to like go in for bath time. Now there are not too many kids that enjoy bath time, but I'm going to be like kids that's going to enjoy bath time. Like seriously, not like going into the shower as a zombie. like, here we go. Like this is what we're doing. Like you know what I mean. But actually enjoy every moment of it.
1: Exactly, because you are enjoying something that is important to you. And not only that, it's a celebration of you, right? And only you know what that looks like. My products will, they'll help you go down that road, but they won't be the road. Skincare especially is marketed as you put this on your face and somehow, you know, your laundry gets done. You have the man of your dreams, um... Just all of these things. It's kind of like car commercials and beer commercials. You know, you drink the beer, you get the girl kind of thing. It's the same kind of thing in skincare and in beauty. If you put this product on your skin somehow, all of these, you know, rainbow farting unicorns are going to come out of the woodworks and just change your life. But it's not what I'm here to do. Right. My role is to and my intention is to help you what that looks like for you. Because, you know, you're a grown-ass person. I mean, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Yeah. Right? It's, it's up to you to figure that out. It's time that we start in this industry giving agency back to human beings. Beings, yeah. Because there's yeah. no agency in the beauty industry. It's I'm the expert. I have to tell you what to do. And that's it. But you know your body better than me. Who am I to say anything? And I'm certainly, let's be real, not putting, telling you to put rollers and all that kind of crap on your face. Like, I'm really not here for it.
0: <laughs> but it's,
1: it's about recognizing that, you know, you're not just a consumer with a demographic profile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're a living, sentient human being. You breathe. You fart. You pay taxes. You have wants, dreams, aspirations, and yes. are. Because you get so many messages telling you what you should be. No, I'm not here to tell you what you should be. Because what you are and who you are is perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, I just I can't wait. I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So sticking to that theme of Eurocentric beauty standards mm-hmm. and these body ideals, how did they affect you growing? Oh,
1: up? have mercy.
0: Wow. Um, <laughs> Growing
1: up, I was an athlete growing up, so I was always kind of on the thin side. These standards, my hair especially, I was always told that my hair wasn't good. I didn't have good hair. Like those kids in the States, I didn't have hair like the kids in the States. And I had jerry curls, jerry curls, I mean, Jesus. I was never told that I was beautiful. The way that I looked with my large nose and thick lips... I was always compared to what was in the magazines. Even in the the black magazines, the standard of beauty was still very 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 Eurocentric with the straight hair with the red lipstick. Yes, the thin body. Yeah. You know, so growing up I never felt beautiful. I never felt attractive. I mean, all those unrequited crushes, there were so many crushes. My fucking God. Um, <laughs> and I always thought, you know what? Boys don't like me because I don't look like that ideal, right? It was never something that was encouraged. So it was only after I got older, maybe into, like, early adulthood, when I realized, you know what? of like the way that my skin looks I kind of like this creamy caramel thing that I'm rocking here I kind of like the fact I am a little bit on the curvy side I kind of like that and if other people don't like it well all right I might find myself by myself but that's okay because (laughs) right that's okay (laughs) so yeah never really knowing feeling like I never looked good because I didn't fit that standard about how in the fashion industry, when they're like, we want diversity, but we want models look that look like they're dipped in chocolate. And like, when I see that kind of thing, I'm like, oh, help me, you know, help me. It's just, <laughs> why is this? Why is this what I'm supposed to look like? And I can do all the things. I remember like one of my parents buying me those bleaching creams when I was the early teens, maybe thir- no more than like 15. Because, like I said, I'm fairly light skinned to begin with, but apparently it wasn't light enough those things they sit with you right it's a lot to unpack it's a lot to unlearn
0: right yeah that's the thing it's very very difficult it's difficult it is it's not like a one-time healing thing it's like every single day there's this battle you know And it's exhausting you know but it's like all these intrusive thoughts of the way that we grew up what we we were told And it's just kind of like so difficult to just let go of all that. It's going to be a lifetime of unlearning. Because, like, a lot of people believe that healing happens just like boom, that's it, you're healed from anything. You know, whether it's body image issues or anything. And it's just like, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a
1: lifetime of it. it. It really is. And I mean, if we want to dip our toes into the ocean of the wholly problematic spiritual side of things, you know, those lovely images of just, you can manifest anything you want with the law of attraction. That kind of malarkey. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation for the record. So if we wanted to go down that road, but yeah, it's going through that process and, under- and even just the moment where I realized, all of those messages that I received as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult were a bunch of bollocks. Yep, yep. Even just realizing that, a that's the that's the first step, and then B realizing that you can shape your own existence, yes. how you want it. That all of these things that you were taught aren't true, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that there's nothing wrong with you. Exactly. The, that I just that part was the hardest thing for me to realize that there's nothing wrong with me, there's nothing wrong with my hair, there's nothing wrong with my skin color, there's nothing wrong with how I look, there's nothing wrong with the fact that I have a little larger nose than I would like, or you know,
0: even the fact that I wear glasses. Because
1: just- there is
0: nothing wrong with wearing glasses, I'm sorry,
1: there is categorically nothing wrong wearing glasses. I like to rock. The most fun pairs of glasses I possibly can, and I mean, there were. I did go through this contact lens phase because you know, going clubbing, it's a lot more fun. But then it's not fun when you're like super hungover, four in the morning, and the the one contact has rolled back into your eyeball and you can't get it out. Yeah, that's not cool. No, the worst is
0: mine is because I have dry eye syndrome, and like literally, in my contacts I would blink and they would pop out. <laughs> So I'd be like, oh my God, yeah. I can't see, yeah. you know, like the last time I wore contacts was like, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, because like, I would constantly have to be putting eye drops in my eyes because they're so dry. And I'm like, you know what? Screw this glasses. Like that's it. I've been wearing glasses since the age of 25. I'm 38 this year. And I'm just like, meh. Yeah, I can't do anything about it. Like, I tried contacts. My contact lenses pop out. I'm losing them left and right. They cost a fortune because guess what? It's a privilege, especially to get them, you know, I have astigmatism. I'm screwed, basically. They cost a fortune. And I'm just like, it's a privilege to have them. But if they're popping out every second, forget it. Like, I'm wasting money. It's money on the floor right there, you know?
1: Even, even having them is, it's not acknowledging. It goes back to that able-bodied kind of eurocentric beauty standard that there's no right that if your eyesight is correct somehow, like obviously we need to see, obviously. So having that, it goes back to that standard, right? So then I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna rock them. Because I'm a mom now, I get kind of forgetful sometimes and I know I will fall asleep and have these things roll back into my head so no, just I'm just not <laughs> I'm just not gonna do that. Right, I forgot them. Next thing you know, my child ate them and yeah, this just this just not
0: I've cut my mom's I think it was either my mom's or my sisters when I was like maybe your son's age. Yeah, probably your son's age. I actually took them. And see what I mean? Them. I don't know what the hell was going through my mom. See what I mean? Yeah. I cut them. Yeah, just them. no. Yeah, no. So. On
1: so many levels. I'm I'm gonna stick with glasses. I'm gonna rock them. I'm gonna look good in them, and that's just gonna be it.
0: Exactly. Yep, yeah. My mom actually, when she was much younger, they had contact lenses, but they weren't made from what they're made of today. They were actually like the, and she showed them to me. They were like plasticky. I'm like, what in God's green earth is this fuckery? (laughs) Choose the language. This. (laughs) What is this that you're sticking into your eye? Why are you sticking plastic into your eye? And she's like, this is what contact lenses were. And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. Like that is just absolutely No. That's a big no. Like, when I when she, I was like, no, no, I would, I don't, I, no, I can't. I'm sorry. Like, the only thing was this utter shock of how could you stick this in your eye? Like, if an eyelash falls into my eye, it bothers me, and I want to rip my eyeball off. So how can you put this plastic crap into your eye, you know? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. In the name of freaking beauty, what my mom used to do, because my mom was born in the time when, You know, when you see these old vintage, you know, advertisements, even up to like, you know, pretty, they're still there. It's just more subtle. But she lived in a time where it was not subtle. They would just tell you basically that you're not good looking and to do something about it. Here's the product that it is. There was no subtle message in it. It was just direct. Who wants to see underarm hair? It's disgusting on a woman shave, which you're just like, but, and this whole thing, I would like to just make a point listen, I, 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 laser my body. That is my choice, but I don't mind if somebody is a woman or, you know, one who identifies as a woman has body hair, because guess what? That is natural. And for someone to say, well, that's unhygienic, excuse you. Our hair serves a freaking purpose. Don't go telling me it's unhygienic. Go wash your freaking you know, hands before you go tell me that somebody's Pit hair is unhygienic. Like, don't go there with me. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, no, and no. I
1: love it. I love it. It (laughs) is. I honor and respect the fact that you have made a choice based on your body, right? And that's the way, this is what I want to do with my line, is bring that agency back. If you want to do something to your body, do it. Right. If you want to shave your armpits and other regions that have hair, shave it. If you don't, fine. Once we cross the line into not washing said parts of your body, that's where that is a whole yeah, other that's conversation. That's, listen,
0: However, that's, <laughs> there, that is a different conversation. But to, to say that like having hair is oh no, like when they say like oh if you you have hair as a woman, as they say in these freaking ads. Then it's unhygienic. I'm sorry. So what about the man over there? My hair isn't unhygienic, but my hair is unhygienic. How does that go? It's that double standard where I'm like, listen, you're listen. I'm half Mediterranean, so we're a hairy bunch. I mean, when I say we got hair. It's from, I mean, every orifice, every... It doesn't matter. We just, we're hairy, okay? We're, that's it. Like, there is, we're just hairy. I'm sorry. But I don't understand this whole thing of his... Of what's happening If you were
1: to dig hard enough and dig deep enough, you would see how it's not only rooted in those eurocentric beauty standards it's not even just rooted in white supremacy it's also rooted in patriarchy whereas women who women identifying people are just we are less than right we are we have to be we are the weaker sex it is it's just it goes back to that because you know if a man's kind of looking like a yeti then that's somehow more masculine
0: I've seen something like that happening in a swimming pool once where a man, literally his back hair was like, I don't know, there was this wavy motion. like it was so long and I was just like, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay, that is some hair. Like, you know what I mean? Like this man has some hair. hair And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Okay, okay. But that's okay because right there. That's perfectly fine. That's fine. But if if I want to do the same thing, it's like, hold up, that's disgusting. And it's like, how is that disgusting?
1: It comes back to that notion of what is inherently female. We can be pretty, but not too pretty. We can be sexy, but not sensual. Mm.
0: Because then if we're sensual, we're sluts. Yeah, we're sluts. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that whole... Double it's standard whole economy. Kind of bullshit. It's bullshit. It's just yeah, bullshit. Right? The whole thing of... I had this, this is the, again, like with my parents and stuff like that, they're, listen, they're a product of our, they live in the same society as we, it was very different in those days, you know, 60, 70, uh-huh. 80 years ago when, you know, they were born where it was just like, there's the feminine and there's the masculine and you know, you Not have sad. to act like a lady. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? My parents always told me, why do you have to laugh so loud? Why do you have to, why can't you act like a lady? And I'm like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck does that mean to act like a lady? Like, what I am acting, how do you want me to laugh? Your laugh is too loud. It's like, no, Carissa, you're meant to be seen, but you're not meant to be heard. And Mm -hmm. it's
1: like, hold up. Here's the kick in the head, Carissa, is here we are having a conversation on the podcast that's going to be heard around the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. right. (laughs) (laughs) right. That be- there are going to be people up in arms and say, well, a lady should be, and it's like, shut your mouth. Before you go and tell me what a lady should act like and be like, first of all, mind your business. Check yourself and mind your business. I have no time. Like, I'm telling you, like, for too long, my parents or even society tried to mold me, and I had to live this lie. I had to pretend to be this mm-hmm. person, I had to close my okay, that sounds weird. I had to close my life. <laughs> no, you totally know, I serious. Had to sit a certain, you, know, I, you know what I mean? It's like I had to sit a certain way and I had to act a certain way and I had to laugh a certain way. And at a certain point, like in my 30s, I was like, you know what? I'm putting all this and I'm telling everyone, go fuck yourself. If you don't like it, don't look at it, don't listen to it, don't think about me. And that's it. You know, just turn your head to the other side. Because let me tell you, if there's let's say a guy in a cafe here sitting a certain way and talking about God knows who's tits and that's okay. Well, guess what? I'm going to be sitting the same damn way and I will not be disrespecting someone who has tits in the first place and talking about them. I'm not saying I'm a tit hater. I love tits. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not going to be, you know, talking about them, disrespecting anyone by talking about their tits, talking about whatever body part and just objectifying and sexualizing them. I'm going to sit like you. I'm going to laugh like you. I'm going to smoke like you and I'm going to drink like you. And if you don't like it, fuck off. So much of
1: this journey for me has been about just that. For so long, I was, I thought I was doing everything right. I went to university. I even went to college on top of university. I got the corporate jobs, struggling to meet, you know, yeah, totally did. Oh, the Jesus, nine to the nine to five. I want to dig out my eye with a spoon.
0: <gasps>
1: yeah, I'm not feeling that, Jazz. I thought I was, there's a, super, a supposed life path that, you know, is, is wholly acceptable in society. Grow up, school, usually post secondary of some sort, corporate job, get married, two point X kids, mortgage. Retirement, you croak. Like, that's it. So I'm going down this path, and I'm encountering obstacles upon obstacles upon obstacles because I just happen to have more pigmentation than most. So, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why am I not having this success, quote unquote? Why am I not doing this? And I, for years and years and years, Carissa, I really thought... It was me. I somehow thought, even though I graduated with honors, I'm bilingual. I have qualifications out the yin yang, so much stuff, but I wasn't finding success. I wasn't finding a life partner. My relationships were literally going into the toilet. Well, all of the friends that I had at the time, all of them were getting married and, you know, poking out the kids. But me, I was just struggling and struggling and struggling so fucking hard. And it broke
0: me. It really did. I hope you enjoyed the first part of our two-part series, Intellectually Twerking with Althea. Don't forget to go and follow Althea on Instagram at althea.branton so you can keep up to date with the launch of her skincare products. Super excited when they do come out. I will be adding all her handles throughout my social media so that you can follow her. I will be releasing the second part of this conversation a little bit earlier. It will I'll be releasing it on Wednesday instead of next Friday. Because as you all know, next Friday is the 1st of October and I have something very special in store for you for the whole month of October. So keep an eye out as we kick off October, our 2nd October together. <laughs> I have so much in store for you. With all that being said, I hope you have a lovely weekend ahead of you. Be safe and you'll be hearing from us very very soon. Bye. Make it Make it clap, clap,